Welcome to the Top Order Podcast. Easter Friday here tomorrow in New Zealand. We are, as you can see from your video, if you're watching on YouTube, we've got a beer in hand. We're ready for the weekend. It's raining outside, but there's cricket and sport are plenty on the TV this weekend. Masters golf, of course, the IPL. Mm. But we're going to talk primarily cricket because that's you know what we do. Uh, we're going to talk about the IPL. A great start to the tournament. Two games in for most of the teams. Also, New Zealand, Sri Lanka. New Zealand squads to Pakistan. And a little bit of domestic controversy in the culmination of the Plunkett Shield. All coming up on the Top Order podcast. Stay tuned. Well, boys, let's start with the Indian Premier League. Just saying off air, I think for those of you who have not seen this tournament um, around the cricketing world, it's pretty, it's pretty bloody good. Mm. Um, I, I'm buying stock now in IPL 16, properly invested into this. It's been, look, a cracking start to the tournament um, over the, the course of the the first couple of games for most teams. There's um, games going on tonight that will complete that, I guess, round in terms of two games apiece. But what's caught the eye in terms of the early front runners and, and talking points through the course of the start of the, the 16th edition Wrestlemania 16 well I have to say it's pretty good it's pretty lucky that I held on to all our Will Young stock and now you can invest it in the IPL so that's that's a handy start to, to proceedings but I, I look I think we have to cover this now because I don't really want to spend the whole podcast talking about it Kane Williamson's injury was obviously from a New Zealand point of view I think the biggest thing that's come out of the IPL so far and I don't know it's just a deflating moment I mean mm. just absolutely like the news has come out today I think we all kind of feared it when I first saw you know I logged on in the morning to sort of see the IPL stuff on the morning of uh, when that game happened and uh, you know it was actually April Fool's and I kind of thought oh no there's some jokes going around hopefully this is just some some joke or April Fool's trick that Kane's out of the World Cup but no this horrible injury and I think since that moment we've all been fearing okay it looks like an ACL, you know, clearly in a lot of pain. Diagnosed online by the NRL physio. We need to give Raj a shout out. Yep. He did want me to mention on the podcast that the NRL physio did diagnose that uh, ACL from uh, several it, thousand miles away immediately uh, and correctly. And is that mainly because I said, how can he diagnose that from millions yes. of miles away? Yeah, yes. okay, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just in his absence, we've just cleared that fact up that, that the NRL physio was correct and to diagnose it correctly. Well, and I think credit we'll to you, Binksy. You have tried to keep us upbeat the whole time and mm -hmm. said, yeah. look, Kane's going to be okay. Or all of this kind of stuff but yeah oh, look Adam's done the right thing completely from a psychology perspective as often he does well yeah that that's questionable but to be fair yeah news has come out today yeah it is ACL going to have surgery in the next two or three weeks and you know I think he's gonna well they've said you know not completely shutting the door on the World Cup but it's it's I think it's pretty can, unlikely from here to yeah. be able to get recovery where, in six months where where might he get any cricket in if he does make a I guess an ahead of schedule recovery well that's the, that's the question as well look, look I mean realistically when we're talking about uh, ACL injuries it's usually like nine to twelve months mm -hmm. right so yeah, I just can't. I can't see how he makes the World Cup. I would love to see it, but yeah, just absolutely gutted for him. I think more, you know, obviously gutted for for New Zealand, and it's going to have ramifications for what we do with our team. And you know, he's been such a crucial player for us for for so many years. And thinking about the last couple of World Cups that we've had, yeah. you know, how important he's been. But I think just gutted for him because it would have been awesome. Like we've seen in these cr crowds in the IPL games, how amazing that atmosphere is over in India. Mm. Oh, that's going to be a the buzz of that tournament is going to be fantastic and I don't know someone like him as well you just you don't know how many kind of big tournaments you've got left and I think the ODI World Cup feels to me like the funnest one 
because it goes for the longest and you sort of got the it's long enough that you actually can get into the tournament and, and do all yeah. those things so yeah just mm. just gutted and he absolutely gutted for Kane Williamson for his you know having a long road to recover we we don't really know what ACL injuries look like in cricket there aren't that many of them mm. you have there's a pretty known recovery pattern and process for ACL injuries in football and rugby and basketball, basketball and contact sports etc but for cricket, we don't really know what Kane's injury recovery is going to look like. Can he get back in six to eight months in time yeah. for the World Cup? We, we just don't know. What was Dean Jones's knee injury? Because I remember he was he did something to his knee probably middle of his career. Mm. And he always had to turn blind if the ball was on the wrong side because he, he couldn't turn on one of his knees. So I don't know whether that was a, an ACL. Yeah, it could, could have been a meniscus or an MCL injury, not sure. I mean, the, the challenge with Kane is that he's going to have to learn to run again effectively on that yeah. leg and also... That that's, that's the piece that's going to be the most challenging for him is to be able to turn and get in and out of the box running between wickets because that involves a very, very complex set of twists and turns and stresses on, on all of those joints um, and the tendons and ligaments that control the knee. And he's going to have to figure out how he's going to get them strong enough so that they're not compensating for each other and then he goes and injures something else. And that's going to be a real problem as well. Are you the NRL physio? I am not. <laughs> no, okay. no. Cool. And, I mean, look at it. it I guess kind of moving away from that, we might talk about um, yeah all the all the consequences now for the New Zealand squad a bit later on when we talk about New Zealand and, mm. and Sri Lanka and the tour to Pakistan and things like that. But it hasn't impacted Gujarat. Won the tournament last year. Awesome start for them. Hardik Pandya is getting you know his leadership's being praised all over the place once again. I mean, what what can we say about them? They've just looked looked a million dollars to start the tournament. Yeah, look, two from two, obviously, out the front with the Kings um, Punjab. Um, so they're two from two as well. So, um, yeah, I guess we ha we all had to think Gujarat in our thinking for, for top four. Mm -hmm. um, probably Punjab, the, the surprise package. I had package. them in the other, I had them in the other four. four. Yeah. Can, um, I, can I just ask about if Hardik? Obviously, Rohit's had... He, he His form, if you look back through his form, like he got 100 against New Zealand on an absolute road. Uh, in one day, got 100 in the test against Australia. Mm. He's he's not. I wouldn't say he's out of form, but he's maybe not in the imperious form that he was in. You know, probably 2013 to 2019 kind of range in in ODIs and things. Do you think there's any scenario where Hardik Pandya is the captain of India in this Abs World Cup? Uh, in this World Cup, or this after World Cup, or uh, this 2023 oh. World Cup? Because I just feel like everything we've seen with him as captain, it just feels like he is bringing. The squad together. He's bringing every player. I don't know. It kind of feels like he's making making them better. They're all getting more out of themselves. And I don't know. Just his. He seems to play better as the leader as well. Can I say no and and give you the reference of how much happier Virat Kohli looks to be under Rohit? Mm -hmm. And if you want to make one person happy in the Indian team, I think it's Virat. Um, and he seems to be pretty happy under Rohit, particularly in that test side. Fair enough. I don't think they do anything before the World Cup, but after the World Cup, if you split the captaincy again and give Rohit the test side and Hardik the white ball side, that's probably not a bad decision. Thoughts? I'm going to split down the middle. I'm going to say no, I'm going to say no to, to Lippi, but I'm also going to say no to you as well. Oh, well done. Um, so I, I, for me, I think we, you know we've got a long IPL, seventy games or, or somewhere around that. Mm. So, and um, I think you know Mumbai Indians' form is already a worry. Yeah. Um, I think in in the tournament, I know we're early early doors, but we're going to sit here next week and we we could be having the opposite conversation. Exactly. So yeah. I think there's a lot of water to go under the bridge. I I actually where I'm going to disagree with with Baldy is I do think that the form 
and fitness and all that kind of stuff through the IPL will govern uh, the way that India side looks for that 50 over World Cup, I think. Yeah, that's fair. Um, because, you know, there's so many players that um, are actually not even bursting onto the scene, but continuing where they've left off on on previous uh, scenes as well. You know, and, and we talk, you know, about stock going up and down. Uh, Surakami Yadav um, yes, is, is continuing to struggle. Um, but then, you know, on the flip side of that, you've got some players that are coming in and, and, and playing fantastically. All San- these young players. Sanju Sampson's looked brilliant. Uh, Guyquad Quad looks brilliant yeah. so far. Um, yeah, not necessarily Indian, but Kyle Myers. Um, Man, oh, my cricket. God. Like... I, genuinely, I know they kind of think about getting the old bat gauge on now and again because mm-hmm. um, of the size of the bat. I reckon they need to be looking at this because it looks like it's got a bloody trampoline <laughs> in it. Um, it looks I, smaller than his hands, though. It looks like a matchstick, but a matchstick with a you know a very a very high bounce yeah. rating on it. So um, <laughs> it, uh, he has just been absolutely. I, I wrote down brutal, but I think that actually does him a disservice because some of the cricket shots and the timing yeah. has just been a- absolutely cricket. cricket shots. Yep. And I think then the, the ability for him to come in and open the bowling as well, and mm-hmm. um, you know, has had one good game of the ball and one not so good game of the ball. I think that's yeah, always going to happen in the, in the IPL. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, he's been fantastic. And then and he's someone that probably we thought might not be in that overseas in that side, top yeah. four yep. and, and I think that's what's been interesting this um, like as sides are still kind of coming together aren't they there's South African or a lot of the South African players haven't yep. arrived Sri Lankan players Sh- aren't there yep. Sri Lankan players are still here so yeah players starting to turn up and you've got guys like Mayers who are going well you got to pick me now so oh, what are you going to you know what are you going to do are you going to have to drop someone like Stoyness or someone that's been kind of established so yeah very interesting start yeah. Uh, any, anything else that's caught your eye? I, well, I, I want to talk about keepers. We talked about Glenn Phillips last week. Um, so he's probably got another game or two because I think Clarson would probably come in. I think so, yeah, so. Think that's so. almost a shootout, isn't it? Um, Josh Butler not keeping wicket, injured his hand today, I think, but took two screamers in the outfield. Mm. And uh, again, that Glenn Phillips comparison, a keeper that can absolutely field. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not fair. <laughs> you know, these guys, Devon Conway as well, you know, yeah. keeps wicket a little bit. It's fantastic in the outfield. Um, I reckon he's a good singer too. All those blokes, I reckon they can sing and dance. Well, and, we've already you know, seen Glenn karaoke. Phillips singing. We, do, we don't. We, uh, I'm we've sure seen the you singing last week. I'm <laughs> sure the listeners don't need me to rehash that. Song. No, definitely not. Full Grammy awards covered on the Top Order podcast later this year with IPL singing and various other singing. Let's hang before we before you move on off the IPL. I'm not going to move off from the IPL. I was oh, going to move off from the singing. Oh, good, fair enough. Uh, Mumbai, <laughs> you said Mumbai's form is concerning. They've only played one game. How much can we read into that? Well, not not a massive amount, and then also quite a lot. Okay, um, well, and they and they have lost their last nine, I think, openers. I saw um, Shane Bond talking about it, saying, "Yeah, it's, not it's, a great start. it's starting to become a concern. It's starting to become very frustrating that we lose this game every every single year." But mm. yeah, I, I I tend to agree with with Binksy. I think we I think the three of us all put them, you know, maybe in our top fours, top and four, top five. Thinking about that kind of range, and and when I was doing that, I was thinking, okay, well, they're their batting's just so strong that they'll be able to kind of patch it together with their bowlers. They'll just find someone. But then you watch that first game and you think, oh, maybe they can't patch mm. it together because the bowling attack it, looked it, terrible. It's it's kind of, for me, that kind of, you know, some of its parts conversation, isn't it? They've got, you know, su- such superstars mm. in Rohit Sharma, Ishan Kishan. 
uh, Cameron Greenbade at three. We talked about Sky, uh, Tim David coming in. Um, and, you know, ultimately, I just, they didn't seem to have that sort of cohesion. It, it almost mm-hmm. looked like, I, I don't know what the basketball analogy would be. You'll probably help me out, but almost like the kind of all star game. And they, they just didn't gel yeah. um, in terms of that sort of batting lineup from a partnerships perspective. Um, but look, I think you've got to give credit as well um, in, in that game to the RCB. I thought um, Siraj bowled really, really well. Reese Topley looked good. Um, you yeah, know, Jim, isn't he? He's injured himself again, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah, it'd be interesting to see how long so he's whether out for. He's, yeah, whether he gets yeah, whether he gets back to fitness, and then yeah, we, we talked a little bit about Michael Bracewell as well, and he's got a Guernsey as well for for the RCB. So yep. um, and then look, let's just you know also shout out that in that Faf Duplessis and and Virat Kohli put oh, on an amazing opening partnership. That was so, awesome. That's where you don't read into it too much. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, you know, early out the gates and probably the pressure as well that the owners put on that team, I think is mm. is always going to be a factor. And on Cameron Green too. Like he had, he yeah. batted at three. He had, he's a $3 million man, has a lot of responsibility in that team. They didn't win. And now, now there's pressure on him all of a sudden. Look, I think this is a really good RCB side. RCB is a top three side. And to they lose look, to RCB, good in that game. even by even by eight wickets, you know, sixteen overs, they were, they were ten and a half. I think they're just a really good RCB side, and when they're on, they're pretty close. They're not unbeatable, but they're they're tough to beat. Yeah, and uh, it, if you wear gold pads, you've got to back it up. Haven't you? <laughs> yeah, you do. It, and it, they did. It is a bit jazz. I think we've seen so far just how important these these opening partnerships or you know your top three I think we always kind of talk about that with with T20 but we've seen it it's yeah. been really apparent in but this the wickets have series. been good the wickets have been good the grounds aren't the hugest we've seen I think we were talking off air nine and a half well no 9.18 is the average run rate 355 runs a game mm. um, so far you know it, it's been crackerjack mm-hmm. entertainment particularly in terms of the you know the sixes it's almost like you used to go fours and then sixes they almost count sixes now ahead of fours in terms <laughs> mm-hmm. of the you know the ratios that you see in that um in in that form of the game mm-hmm. from a bowling perspective border you've got to be pleased with nathan ellis he's, he's looked like a pretty good pickup and I, i'm fizzing about mark wood he bowled absolutely rapid in that well he destroyed okay. delhi yeah, 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 yeah destroyed delhi in that back to back deliveries where he cleaned up cleaned up marsh for that second that was pretty Oof, that, that was, was pretty and, tough and marsh was like huh yeah. Like, yeah, the look on his face was. Yeah, yeah. you got done with a good I one. I want to see that a few unlucky. times in the summer. And and there's him and Nokia. Like, I mean, and we're gonna go to Umar and Malik. There's just there's genuine there's pace. some excitement in yeah, this yeah. tournament. I really mean, is. we've seen, I guess, for all three of those guys actually in, in various parts of those games, they can go as well. Mm-hmm. Like that speed means that you can go seriously, you know, seriously for plenty. But it's pretty exciting when they get it right. And yeah, Wood, that was that was something special. Well, guys, let's move on from the IPL. Um, we've got a lot of New Zealand cricket to talk about. I should just point out that, you know, for you Red Bull purists out there, there is a test match going on at the moment as well. Mm. Ireland and Bangladesh playing in Mirpur at the moment. So um, live score update for you. Um, Ireland 195 for six. So just a lead of 40 on Bangladesh's first innings of 369. So they're going to need to, yeah, they're going to need to put together a serious partnership. Mm. And um, by the now, time this podcast comes out, they will have either won or lost. So well done, Ireland or Bangladesh <laughs> for chasing down that uh, short Absolutely. Short but I just want to say, you know, if, you, if you're searching for highlights and, you, you know, you, you kind of want... Uh, I don't know. Red Val- Bull cricket. Valium rather than speed, then that's probably the, the option. <laughs> wow. We'll take your word yeah, for that on the, well, the A-class drugs. Well, I don't think va- is Valium, I don't know. I don't know. Ne- you, ne- never had it. You're you, telling the story. You, you are, exactly. Right. Let's you, m- you did mention Bangladesh, though. Worth noting that Shakib out has decided to opt out of yeah. the IPL, which is interesting. A, an interesting decision. I 
I sort of feel like it's interesting that anyone puts their trust in him to start with, but uh, that's my own personal opinion. Well, we'll talk about it after the pod, shall we? We it, don't want to get into into that on air. We, we, you never know was, with libel laws. Was he in KKR? Yes. Who, yes. Who was it? He that was in KKR, but uh, Jason Royer's signed up, I believe, Ooh, for the KKR a, today. That's, oh, a, that's an ad. Hadn't heard that. That's yeah. breaking news. Well, he broke a little while ago. Okay, yeah. good. Um, I'm pretty sure it was KKR. Yeah. If he signed for the KKR, that's good for them because they were missing an opening bat. And so they had Noreen, they had Russell, they had Shakib to fill out some of that top order. Having Jason Roy in there will help them no end. Yeah. Strong. Okay, I'm going to double check my facts on that. But um, You do that. We'll yeah. talk about, are we going to talk about New Zealand? We shall let's move on and talk a little bit about New Zealand. So I know we've you know we've got the Slack channel going on, um, and yeah, Jason Roy roped in by KKR for uh, two point eight crore. So um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But New Zealand Sri Lanka, we've joked a little bit on the Slack channel. It's been almost like New Zealand A against Sri Lanka when you mm-hmm. look at the players missing from an IPL perspective. Um, what are your impressions on that series? You boys went and watched the the Eden Park game which uh yeah was pr- pretty good to watch pretty i think exciting yeah. yeah very exciting game in its conclusion absolutely i, I, I got back from the yeah kids scapes car wash and you know <laughs> was watching the the super over um, which was yeah which was good yeah a good spectacle to watch isn't mm. it a, a super over and we'll come on to that i think in terms of personnel and um yeah you can't really criticize the team for losing a super over can no, you um, i wouldn't have thought so particularly if you count back on boundaries and stuff like that but we please, won't we please we, let's not go we here. won't go there but yeah thoughts on the series lip you happy I think I'm yeah, relative, yeah, very, very happy actually. If you take it through to you know we're recording this on on Thursday night as you said, or the night before for Easter Friday, and uh, sort of if you look back to the ODI series where we lost the game to Rain, but we had you know New Zealand won that series two nothing. Now we're one one in the the T20s, and when you consider that Sri Lanka, you know, traditionally come over here and don't do very well. But you know, then you look around at their T Twenty form, and they won the Asia Cup, and that you know, you would you would think a, a lot of their players are going to the IPL. On paper, I think they have the better side on paper than we do in in uh, you know in, in actual lineup terms. So yeah, I think it's pretty encouraging. I mean, am I delusional here that actually, like at the start of the series or the start of the summer, I said it last week, at the start of the summer there were all these concerns about no depth in New Zealand cricket, like. Miss, missing Bolt and missing Jameson and suddenly you've got no no bowlers your batters you know Will Young's not performing all these other guys are not performing suddenly you've yeah there's no depth but now we've seen an A side basically beat Sri Lanka and quite comfortably we smashed them in those first two ODIs and then really beat them quite comfortably yesterday in the, in the T20. Mm, I mean, the Eden Park game is a little bit of a fly in the ointment because Sri Lanka were allowed to get on top of New Zealand with the bat. So yep. I thought I thought New Zealand's bowling was honest, but Sri Lanka really took New Zealand to town quite a bit. They they hit New Zealand to parts of the ground that New Zealand didn't want to be hit to, mm. and Fair. and I think you know Shipley bowled some really good overs. And then he bowled one over that got taken, which proved to be pretty decisive in the context of the match. Yeah, that last um, over, yeah. That last over. And and all three of those, you know, first-choice fast bowlers for New Zealand all went above 40 at Eden Park, which is easy to do, mm-hmm. but yeah. they all went above 40. I actually thought Ish Sodi was, was really good. Um, it's easy for him to go air miles at Eden Park. He only went at eights. Jimmy Neesham did a really good job, took two key wickets mm. um, and went to under at under eight and over. Um, so I thought he had a low-key, really good game with the ball. Yeah. Um, but he let me down with the batting, you know, in that chase. He was crucial to New Zealand's hopes and he gave his wicket away 
playing a shot on the last ball of the over to a part of the ground where he shouldn't be hitting the cricket ball. Um, and he'll be disappointed with himself for that. But he he had that game under control for New Zealand and his dismissal really changed the momentum in Sri Lanka's favour and it just so happened that Rachin Ravindra played a really really good innings and East Sodi hit the best six that he'll probably ever hit that was so much fun that yeah. was that was incredible last over but I think if you were to be critical of the New Zealand batting Chapman and Nisham who were two crucial cogs in that middle order gave their wickets away by hitting the balls to the wrong part of the ground so mm. Chapman hit the ball to the long, longest part of the ground and got caught Nisham is so powerful down the ground and hit a couple of big, big bombs down the ground yeah. and sh- and should have just continued to do that. Tried to play a really, really fancy sweep off the last ball of the over and hit it straight to a fielder. That's, you know, that's a work on for him. Um, if he can get that out of his game, he's going to be devastating for New Zealand going forward. Uh, let me ask you a question about the super over. And uh, again, you can't really read out a massive amount into six balls aside, but Ravindra was going pretty well um, at the end of that innings. And they, I think, obviously wanted a left-right-hand combination. Um, maybe, again, reading too much into that. Would you have sent him out instead of uh, instead of Jimmy Neesham for that super over? I, I don't think so. I, think, I don't think there was any question that, like, if you're thinking about uh, who are our most powerful hitters, and I think that's really what you kind of weighing up when when you're actually working out your super over you're thinking who can hit the most boundaries yeah and and nisham at eden park that's that's his game just yep. going straight i think exactly what you said when he played the reverse sweep and got out it was incredibly frustrating and i think you know i think that's probably been the challenge for him and throughout his whole international career he's shown a lot of signs recently that he can be a match winner for New Zealand he has done you know has been a he match is. winner for Abs- New Zealand he absolutely no, is no doubt about it it's just that you get those moments as well and he hasn't been able to string those consistent games together and mm. that was another chance to kind of win the game but I think what was interesting about that is that we had that the whole way like you mentioned Chapman we were going along really nicely there Ravindra was the same when he was in I mean uh, to be fair to him probably he needed a, me- a, a metre out either side when he smashes that one down the ground a metre either side of where he hits it and that's six and then we probably won that game anyway so mm. yeah it's it's small margins but yeah i don't think there's any concerns about who they actually threw out there i think probably swinging it back to ravindra i think that's been a huge uh, positive out of yep. these these last few games I, mean, yep. I, I i keep harking back to when we talked to him on the podcast i just felt like he had this such positive energy and like you kind of didn't sort of positive energy but also very mature in, in mm. the way that he was talking about and things and I feel like although he hasn't set the world on fire as an international cricketer he hasn't even really set the Plunkett Shield or you know New Zealand domestic cricket on fire I, I just feel like there's something there and that he looks like he belongs at international level and yeah I think that's been really really encouraging that he's actually kind of got those runs like that one day 49 that he got that was in a tricky situation mm. same with the T20 when he got those runs it was a situation where he was kind of the last recognised batter and he was batting like someone who had the game in control mm. obviously didn't quite get us there but yeah so super impressed with what he's been doing and, and isn't it interesting that if you had have like stepped back 18 months ago and had Bracewell and Ravindra side by side you'd go all Ravindra's the better red ball cricketer and Bracewell's the better white ball cricketer. But actually, Ravindra's really excelling at the white ball game and Bracewell has done a pretty good job in the test matches. So, you know, both of those players are going to be competing, I think, for the same spot for New Zealand going forward alongside Mitchell Santner, at least in the white ball format. Has anyone bought themselves a ticket for the World Cup based on 
this well, we still got a game to go, haven't we? But this six, yeah, six game white ball streak. I don't know that they've bought themselves a ticket to the World Cup, but I think Ravindra, as you say, has, has put himself definitely in the frame. And I think Milne has probably done the same. Really, really nice effort from him in the T20 in the, the last T20, picking up Pfeiffer and kind of bowling. You know, I know the, the super over didn't go especially well for what, him. Why is a guy that bowls 145 bowling two slower balls? That was very bizarre. We did talk about that at, yeah. the, at, at the, the time, time at Prime. the ground. Prior to him bowling both those slow balls. and I, we mm. both just said, look, you're defending eight, you've got to just bowl, try and hit the stumps try and, twice. Yeah, try, try, and, try and take two wickets. Yeah, yeah, exactly, try and hit the stumps twice. But I think the way, you know, that, that reflects to what he did in that second T20 where he did just, in those late overs, he just ran in and tried to hit the stumps. It was two tail-enders, so that's a, a different story. But in terms of the squad, I think that's where, as much as people kind of going oh well what a shame it is that the IPL is going on and we're missing all of these players and we're not going to Pakistan and can I just actually cut back to the Kane thing to say there's been some incredibly terrible takes about that injury and oh this is why the IPL sucks people realise like Kane could have got injured just playing for Sri Lanka playing against Sri Lanka like that, yeah. that is something that could have happened. It's not because well, of he, he was he standing have, in India. He could, he could have fallen over on a golf tee. Yeah. yeah. Or no. at a wedding or so anywhere. I think or, any, or anyone. A bar fight. Yeah, exactly. Or, anyone who's listening to this podcast and thinking, oh, it's good karma that, or bad karma that Kane went to the IPL and wasn't playing for New Zealand needs to, take. needs to uh, yeah, have a quiet word with also, themselves. Also. <laughs> That is a once-in-a-lifetime financial opportunity to yeah. generate intergenerational wealth for Kane and his children and his children's children. Yeah. No one should begrudge him that. No. Let's, so let's move on. Let's move back to, to this Pakistan series. And I think that's what's going to be really fascinating. I mean, I, yeah, in the last you know, 12, 18 months or so since we've been going back to Pakistan to, to play cricket there, it's been... I was going to say, you know, you're going to a similar part of the world to India, so you can kind of see the conditions. But I think the conditions have been drastically different, actually. They've been really different. The, the pitches in Pakistan have actually been slow yeah. and, and haven't really turned appreciably. Um, and, and when they have, they, they, you know, they've not done it at the pace of some of these. Well, we, we go back to, I think, when we were recording the pod in, in Tauranga, the India-Australia test matches going on. They're nothing like those no, wickets. It's, no. Yeah, it is completely different, I think. Yeah, and and actually even, um, you know, you talked about those test pitches that we saw. The one-day pitches that we saw in India when we went over there for, for that short series were completely different to those test pitches as well. They were the flattest things you've yep. ever seen. So, you know, I, I, I think it's hard to read in terms of, oh, they're going over there for the conditions. But I do think it's going to be pretty important you know, back to the Kane thing, I think it's going to be super important for someone like Will Young to go over there. And, and he's someone obviously did very well just just in this ODI series. It's crucial innings again. They were only chasing 150-160. But to actually kind of, they were in a tricky situation. To be the leader to kind of get us through to a, to a win is very important. And he's someone that I think 12, 18 months ago we would have gone okay, Kane Williamson's down, that sucks. Yeah. But now it's opened an opportunity for Will Young, who we think has a lot of potential and can kind of step in and play a very similar role. Yeah. Look, I'm not going to ask the question who replaces Kane because it's clear what your answer uh, answer will oh, be. No, well, I think that that, that no, is, I'm not going that to ask is you that the question. question. I'm not going to ask you that question. Well, I think that I, I do think that that's <laughs> Baldy, what, stop. what is so interesting <laughs> about these squads to Pakistan, though, is, is that when you look at them, well, one... I want to get your guys' opinion on... Like, There's been a lot of disappointment, I think, from New Zealand fans that, that follow the provincial game. And, and I think 
rightly in some circumstances for um, someone like Tom Bruce, who's been knocking on the door for New Zealand selection for for a long time. I think he's actually probably more unlucky not to be in consideration for the what for the Red Bull stuff. Can, mm-hmm. When you actually look yeah, at his first class average. I mean, I wrote, he's averages forty nine from one hundred and twenty first class innings. Com, you know, you compare that to only thirty two list at list A. He does average twenty seven with a strike rate of one hundred and fifty in T twenty. So he, you know, he's someone that hits the ball powerfully, can play lots of different formats. But you know, his last ten innings: twenty seven not out, forty, sixty seven, one hundred and sixty one, forty one not out, thirteen, thirty three not out, fifty one not out. 48 and 64 in this recent game for for New Zealand A. So he's that's 500 plus runs at an average of 90. Like he has been putting it putting scores together for a you know I think last couple of years he was the leading run scorer last season in the Plunkett Shield. It's surprising to me that he hasn't been given a shot. Mm. But the question I was going to ask you guys was more around Josh Clarkson because Clarkson is someone who everyone is kind of clamoring to get in this T20 side. But when I look at the way that New Zealand has picked their T20 and ODI squads, they've kept them largely the same. They haven't gone, you know, you see different format, different formats, really squads are quite different now these days, even the ODIs and T20 squads. Mm. But I feel like New Zealand have gone, okay, we're going over to Pakistan for a month. We'd rather just have the same core group of players over there, considering that this is not quite an A-tour, but it's you know, a second tier tour for a lot of these players. Do you think that's the right move? Do, do they actually, are they going to learn more from being together or should they have gone, no, no, we're playing three T20. So we should have, you know, our best T20 players and give someone like Clarkson who probably, although he did score a hundred and a match winning hundred in the Ford trophy final, probably is being more considered for T20 and not sort of a fringe player for the ODI world cup. Mm. It, have they missed a trick by kind of not getting someone like him into the mix I don't know I think if 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 he comes off in Pakistan and has three big games like he did in the Ford Trophy final well he's not going to because he's not there that's kind of what I'm saying like should he should he should he should he so he's not there well Clarkson is not in that squad so maybe he should yeah my my take on it Lip is I think you obviously were in Bangladesh weren't you Um, Mm. and I've kind of stuck with some of the the guys that went, I think, Conkey. Yeah. Um, so I, I just don't think you learn a hell of a lot over a three-match series or, you know, these bilateral series that, you know, we're all over the place in terms yeah. of scheduling, right? You, you learn probably, does the guy fit into the, and I know this is a bit of a cricketing bullshit cliche, <laughs> but do they fit into the environment? Do yeah. they train well? Are they... You know, are, are they someone that's got that kind of potential? And we've talked about it a hell of a lot around give a guy one game too many. So I think there's an identification piece, which is in the build-up to a big white ball tournament, you probably have got your eye on, what, 20, 25 guys? Mm. And I think what you're looking to do in the build-up to that tournament is give as much opportunity as you can to those 25 guys. Mm. And what you're saying now is do we give a little bit less opportunity to 30 guys or 32 yeah, yeah. guys. So I think with the depth of New Zealand cricket, notwithstanding that people are going to have stellar seasons on New Zealand wickets, um, which don't really bear that much reflection to what you're going to be playing on in this, um, you know, in this World Cup. I, I personally think going with that, let's get as much cricket as we can into these 25 blokes. 
Um, and then we've got, you know, we, we've, we've covered our bases. We know what roles they'll play when they come in. We know that if Kane goes down injured in the IPL, this is the guy that's going to come in and bat three and do that job. Mm. Um, and you've almost, you, you've almost got that sort of succession planning piece. Whereas when you're bringing in those other guys, it's like, well, where are they going to bat? You can't, everyone can't open in white ball cricket as much as they would probably like to in this um, in this modern era. Um, so I think that that is the right decision for them to give the opportunities to the people that they've trusted over the course of the last 18 months or so. Yeah, and they have, they have picked, so I've just had a look at the squad for the first time uh, live <laughs> on the podcast. They have given opportunities to Bose, to Cleaver, to Lister, to McConkie, friend of the podcast, give him a shout out, Colin McConkie. Um... Ravindra and Shipley um, and Blair Tickner as well so like there are new faces in that squad there probably just isn't room for Jordan Clarkson if they're going to take that many new faces even though they're experienced cricketers Josh Clarkson Jordan Clarkson plays for the Utah Jazz but anyway I'm so confused I, about I, players with I, the same I, first name I do name. think your point there that you raised Mixie, I mean I, I, I tend to agree in, in that um, you know having uh, that's it seems clear to me that that's what they've gone with they've gone well we want to get the most you know the most cricket out of this core group of, of guys and I think when you look at that those squads there's so much kind of like for like backup development in, in what they're trying to do they've picked Blundell and Bose for, for the Finn Allen role they've picked Will Young and Henry Nichols for the kind of the Kane Williamson role they've picked Ravindra McConkie for the Michael Bracewell Mitchell Santner roles they've picked Milne for Ferguson Lister for Bolt you know Shipley for Jameson Tall, like they, they, they've they actually Kind of look. It seems like they've looked at the squad and, and even like their physical makeup. They've looked at a depth chart. Yeah, it's, it's a depth chart squad. And gone. Well, we want someone who bowls left arm. We want someone who does this. And 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 they've just pieced it together. So yeah, I, I do think there's there's some value in that. As as much as some of these guys, I can see that you know they are maybe a little bit unlucky. The likes of guys we've mentioned and and rip on and duffy and and Br even doug bracewell who's yeah, kind of been around Duffy's the scene a strange one you again i'd have put him in that category of people that Sal probably like des probably deserves another opportunity mm -hmm. given uh you know the fact that he's, he's been on a number of tours he's probably not had an extended run so yeah that, that that's probably a surprise to me more than not picking just you know your, your form bolter out of your your domestic cricket and look that's a little bit harsh on someone like tom bruce who's done it over a period of time but mm. um i think they've probably made that call and again it, I, I don't always want to bring it back to england but it's the same story as some of these guys that you know have been talked about for a long long time who are not gonna you know are not gonna get a go they're gonna end up being mm. very good first class cricketers um because england have you know have said this is our depth chart this is the way we're going to play our cricket these are our alternates for those roles um, keep scoring ten thousand runs a season, but you're not going to get you're not going to get a look in just based on sheer rate of runs in domestic domestic cricket. Domestic cricket's probably a good segue to central districts. And Super the, deliberate, yeah. The the way that they've kind of finished the season, winning the Ford Trophy, excellent effort there from as we mentioned Clarkson and, and Bruce to kind of big partnership to get them across the line against Canterbury, and then again have just pipped Canterbury well actually tied the, in, on the Plunkett Shield score uh, points table to win the Plunkett Shield by defeating Auckland but there was a, a bit of chat and a bit of controversy on our, our Slack channel and the way that that game kind of unfolded a lot of rain in the last day and this is it or the last uh, last match and this is the game that's being replayed uh, had to be postponed because of all the floods I can't actually remember whether which floods we've had such a, a rough time of it here and in uh, New Zealand this this summer, but yeah, 
lot of rain in the game and then some interesting declarations. And um, I guess in a game where the stakes are so high, are we? do we think that... I mean, there was obviously some chat involved. That's, that's how a lot of games unfold. But is that the way to end a season? I guess it depends when the chat took place, right? So I think if you look at it from a CD perspective, they're well within their rights to pull out nine down in the first dig. You know, mm. you, you'll you often see that. What's mm-hmm. the point in, you know, sending someone out? You might as well warm the roller up instead. Well, and actually they, they did declare four runs short of another bonus, bonus point. point. yeah. So, which, uh, which made it even more interesting. Yeah. Because so, traditionally you'd just go for that point. Yeah. So, so I think, um, I, I don't think you can, you can argue at that. Um, and then I think obviously what we, you know what we're really talking about is that Auckland declaration at 160 for one. That that sounds like a negotiation um, of, of some description, um, but you know it, it is something that happens in domestic cricket. If this was round three, we probably wouldn't be talking about it. No. It's because it's you know the final game and, and ultimately is. Um, yeah, I guess Pip, you know, Canterbury for, for the for the trophy as to you know why it's a little bit controversial. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if you've got any inside knowledge on you know the workings of those you know those dressing room conversations, but that's the one that's really the weird one, isn't it? In terms of that, yeah, that that Auckland declaration. Yeah, and I think I mean I think the unfortunate part of that, I guess, for uh, from the outside is that you know Auckland's got nothing to play for in that game, so they. Like, why not have a target to chase? Like I, I don't, mm. I don't actually think there's that anyone's really at, at fault. It's just sort of, I don't know. When you look through the scorecard, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. And um, I, I think, but I think realistically, they still had, they still skittled Auckland in that second innings. Like it, it was never yeah. close. Ray yeah. Tall just took them apart. Took seven for fifty-seven, and like, you know, full credit to CD. They, they. Deserve, you know, when you come and destroy a side like that in the in the fourth innings, I think you you deserve to pick up your your title. Yeah, absolutely. You bowl a team out in twenty eight overs for a, for a hundred, then yeah, good good on you. you. You've deserved yeah deserve those ten wickets. But um, you would have thought that the game would have been a draw, but for that yeah, but for that pretty sporting declaration from Auckland, mm. possibly. But I mean, if we look at the last twelve months of you know international red ball cricket, why not try and go for a result? Mate. You know, like what? What's a draw worth? A draw. A draw's not. A draws not help, help either of those teams. A draw's not any help to anybody. So, yeah, you it, may as well. You may as well go for a win. And if you get bowled out for a hundred going for a win, well, fair enough. You know, the opposition's pretty good. It, look, it's bloody interesting watching the the county championship warm up games. Rory Burns, not really oh, known yeah. for getting after the bowling, was caught at mid off charging in the first ball of a four day warm up game. Uh, as the Sorry. first ball of the game mate he's given it the brilliant he's given it the bugle and he's tried to slap it over mid off and got caught waist high at mid off how good so we're going to see a lot of that I think um, in this basketball era talking of sporting declarations do, do we want to talk a little bit about or declarations in general do we want to talk a little bit about this unofficial test match in Lincoln Australia oh, a, New Zealand, a, New Zealand. Mm, the double A game yeah I think we've again kind of just got to give credit to to New Zealand for chasing that down. I, I mean, when you chase down three hundred and sixty odd or whatever it was, yep. it's 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 a huge effort. I, I again, you see the sporting declarations didn't look like our bowling had much cut through against Australia's batting. Renshaw big you know big runs there and kind of piling on the runs and yeah they declared both innings mm. in very comfortable positions. I think New Zealand only took eight wickets in that game. I think you're right and. Uh, but you know, I think again, it's kind of it's great that some of these guys, Bruce and um, Cam Fletcher, it was great to see him. 
you know, leading the the side home there, and it kind of got quite close at the end. Yep. And Cam Fletcher went bang, 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 had a couple of big sixes at, at the end to finish that the game. So, yeah, nice to nice. To, he's had a really disrupted season with uh, with injury. Started with uh, the the New Zealand A tour that he was on in India broke his broke his finger, I think. So, yeah, really nice to see him scoring runs again, and yeah, just just a, a pretty impressive performance. I think Foxcroft again, pretty is. His performance in this game is going to get people pretty excited about what he can maybe do for New Zealand whenever this uh, residency situation kind of gets sorted. There's a lot of smoke out there about how New Zealand could apply for a So we can play A cricket without... Yeah, okay, so it's different rules for A cricket. Okay. Yeah, as far as I know, the A cricket doesn't doesn't have any... Yeah, it doesn't have any um, thing. Because Ripon as well played um, has played, played a bit of A cricket yeah. before he was actually eligible for, for us. I think Wagner did the same, so... Yeah, well, sounds like that's that's no real problem. But yeah, exciting. I think that you know he he takes a step up again and, and immediately you know scores a, a pretty important ninety odd and mm. kind of got out in a really un- unfortunate sort of way, reverse sweeping, kind of edging one. So yeah, and Baldy from an Australian perspective, Matt Renshaw in the runs both innings, in, uh, maybe not interestingly, but opening the batting is that where he sniffs a chance? Uh, it's it's his best position. That he's an opening batter. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's a particularly good middle order. Well, sorry, that's not true. He's a good middle order batter, but his best position is opening the batting, and I think that's where he's eventually going to find himself a, a home in Australian in the Australian side if he makes it, because Kawaja has got a year or two left. Warner's maybe got a year left, so Australia are going to be in the market for two new opening batters in in a short period of time. But what I'm really interested in are players like Teague Wiley, about Tim Ward, who's the Tasmanian, who's a New South Welshman moved down to Tasmania, um, who's done very very well. So I was really impressed to see both of those guys get a bit of a go. And I think in the second innings, Tim Ward made some runs. Um, interesting to see Aaron Hardy, who's an all rounder, has been talked about as being a potential Cam Green replacement. Um, when when Cam Green was injured, batted but didn't bowl in this game. Um, but there's also, you know, guys like Spencer Johnson. It was great to see him get a game. There's lots being talked about Spencer Johnson. Um, interestingly, there's a number of these cricketers that are in this game have had their contracts cut too in the latest round of um, of Australian cricket contracts. So yeah, uh, that's a bit of a merry-go-round, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So backup fast bowlers are the order of the day uh, <laughs> if you want to get an Australian cricket contract. But don't be a spinner. So Swipson and Kuhneman, both the Queensland spinners, missed out on contracts. And there's been a bit of a merry-go-round and dancing around of Australian contracts for men and women yeah. uh, over the last 48 hours or so. So there's a whole bunch of people that are now not making money and a whole bunch of people are making a lot more money. Yeah, and, and those guys will have another opportunity, I think, on the, the 8th. I think they play another another four-dayer and then uh, and then all these guys finish this, this four-day stuff, finish the T20, which uh, is at the weekend, against Sri Lanka. And then I think that the first T20 against Pakistan is on like the 14th of uh, of, of April. So it's quick very, turnarounds. very quick turnaround to, to jump on a plane and then just suit up again mm. to, to play in that stuff. And also quickly before we move off Australia, quick shout out to Campbell Kellaway as well, 20-year-old, has got to go for Australia A. He looks like he can really play cricket as well. So there's lots of, lots of players in that Australia A side that I'm looking forward to seeing in the national side in the future. Yeah, well, we've reached almost the end of the pod, I think. Um, the contracts thing is going to be something I think that's going to come across, you know, our desks uh, or our podcast desks certainly over the course of next year. England have announced, or the ECB have announced an overhaul of their central contract system, really just looking at the fact that a number of players choosing to play Pakistan Super League, mm. or clearly IPL, um, ahead of maybe England's, uh, England engagements, really just because the match fees 
um, aren't sufficient. Someone like a Sam Billings, for example, could have gone and had a £5,000 match fee versus going and playing in the PSL for about 20 times that amount of money. It's a no-brainer for those mm-hmm. guys, as you said, to create that that wealth. And the, the stat I saw today was fantastic that, you know, uh, Harry Brook, in the way that the current, uh, current contracts work, has only got what's called an incremental contract with the ECB, worth about £50,000 or something like that. So his salary is still ostensibly played by his county, Yorkshire, who aren't going to see a hell of a lot of Harry Brook, I wouldn't have thought, Not over for the next uh, three or four years. And, and, you know, he's getting something like £1.3 million pounds to play in the IPL. So uh, his England contract chicken feed compared with, you know, his rate on a... Uh, for doing the same job so we go to the dustin johnson and live comment you know why would you not do the thing you love for more money for less work exactly awesome. and on that bombshell on, on that, that bombshell, bombshell let's finish so we're doing less work e- exactly yeah <laughs> for, for the same amount for the of, same amount of zero dollars <laughs> exactly <laughs> but look that is the end of the top order podcast for another week we will be back next week um, and every week thereafter to talk a little bit of IPL at least for the next whatever is 18 weeks that that tournament <laughs> goes on um, next week of course the you know Gujarat Titans will be fish and chip paper and the Mumbai Indians will be at the top of the league no doubt um, but for now it is good night and God bless from us all here in Auckland we'll see you next week um, please do as all uh, social media influencers as we are uh, say like and subscribe uh, to the podcast if you're watching it on video um, or leave us a review on your podcast provider of choice Um, But as we said, till next week, we'll see you soon. Good night.